You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Good morning, everybody. This is Victoria, your dog guru, and today we are talking about your dogs. Um, <clears throat> twice a month, I do an Ask Your Dog Guru segment where I take your questions and answer them one by one, giving you my advice. So let's get right into what they are today. Let's see. Dear Dog Guru, Max is a 14-week-old lab mix. He's a pretty nice guy, but I'll admit we didn't know what we were doing when we first came home. And just in time, a friend sent me your podcast. Now we're off on the right paw, as you would say. <clears throat> he has no trouble... He's had no trouble moving right in and making himself at home. Maybe two at home. At first, we had him sleeping in his crate. Then the kids had him sleep in their room the other night. And here we are several weeks later, and he's sleeping with one of us every night. I didn't think it was going to be an issue since he's doing pretty well with potty training outside, but this morning I found the, the fault in those stars. Max maxed out on my carpet this morning. He shredded it. I'm running, so this is great. And my husband comes home at six and has no idea. I put him in his crate and told him no, and he's barking and whining in there. So to make matters worse, now I have a barking dog, neighbors who are probably wondering why I have a barking dog, and <clears throat> my carpet's been destroyed. What would you do with the carpet killer? I caught him red-handed, and he's looking pretty guilty. Help, dog guru. Okay, so when you're dealing with a dog that is not... I mean, you, you've talked about how he's doing pretty well overall. Well, he's still a puppy. You know, given enough time, idle hands are the devil's plaything. You know, he's not going to want to get into naughty things, but unfortunately, anything can be a toy when you're a dog. Um, so for him today, you know, he, <clears throat> he might've had the desire or the, the need to, you know, maybe his jaws were tight or whatever, and he, <clears throat> or he was just restless and he was chewing to relieve that stress. Well, your carpet was there and available, you know, it wasn't personal. Um, as far as, you know, what you need to be doing. So, first of all, you need to be consistent. If the rule is he sleeps on the floor in the room, that's the rule. Or at least it was until it was <laughs> until he like destroyed the carpet. Now the rule is he needs to be crated because now you've got a safety issue. You know, he's given given the space and the ability, he's showing you I'm not really mature enough to make the the best decision. I'm probably still going to try and chew on the furniture. I'm probably still going to destroy the carpet. I might still eat your shoes while you're sleeping. So those are all things that could happen and that's all barring him not having a potty training accident. And truthfully, the accidents are the least of my worries when I have a puppy because, you know, when they get up in the middle of the night and they know you're not up and they're just coasting around doing whatever, things can get kind of hairy. You know, I've woke up, I, I woke up once to a dog trying to chew on a um, electricity cord and, you know, that's a disaster. You know, the dog could get electrocuted and I would have been asleep the whole time. I mean, maybe not. So it, it's, it's one of those things where... You have to do damage control while the dog is maturing. So I, the first thing I would do, since this is now becoming a safety issue, is go ahead and pick up a crate. Um, you know, it sounds like you were already 
to a certain extent, using a crate. Um, and then things kind of just started wavering as he got better with the potty training. So go back to basics. Go back to what he was good at. Uh, you know, set your foundation there. And give him a month or two. You know, in a month or two, if he was doing as well as you're saying, he may be ready to sleep free in the house. Um, you know, it's when they they have a wild hair that you get into trouble. So I wouldn't count him out for being free in the house. Certainly not permanently. You know, you're probably not far from that goal. You know, at four months old, you know, around six months is where I start trusting them a lot more. Um, given that there's been a foundation set. So, so keep all of that in mind. And then when in doubt, crate them because you don't want them to ingest something that you're not aware of or perhaps get into something that's toxic. And or just, you know, something you don't want them to knock over or break. Things like that can happen too. So just think it through. Um, maybe give it another two months and then stick to the routine that is long term your goal. You know, unless you're having a potty training issue, I don't see a reason that you have to continue the, the crating if he's, you know, gotten to the point where he's not chewing on your stuff anymore. Really, just now the rule needs to be you know, crate him until he's a little bit more mature and further along in training. Because, you know, dogs don't just mature. They need training to help guide that process a little bit more. Um, really to stabilize it for them. Dogs don't fill in the blanks easily. And they certainly won't do it the way we that the way that's most palatable for us. They're gonna do it, they're gonna handle things like dogs. Um, so you don't want them to have the freedom card because it doesn't matter to them if they're destroying your shoes. <laughs> I actually once had a client who said to me, well, how do I know when he's ready to be left out all night? And I said, well, when you can leave the room for an hour and come back and not worry on a consistent basis during the day, that's when I would stop being fearful at night. Obviously, you want to make sure they're fully house trained first. But short of that, that's my main concern, house training and making sure that they're not destroying things in my absence. So if you're seeing, you know, a three-hour period in a day where they're not causing any sort of damage, um, they have their freedom card, but they're they're using it responsibly, then I would go ahead and, and stop crating at night and see how it goes. And I would do it gradually. Uh, I had one owner whose dog got into all sorts of things, and for him long-term, he really needed to be um, behind a baby gate because what he would get into was all their cabinets in the kitchen. And because there was no one to manage it and because he could always reward himself with whatever he found in the kitchen, it was just a endless cycle. So we had to do damage control there and do a little bit of management until, you know, he basically forgot that he could break into the kitchen. And uh, after about three months, I told her to go ahead and take up the baby gate. And he had gotten so used to the cycle being broken and not having access to the kitchen at night that he just lost interest. Does that happen in every case? No. Some dogs stay committed till the end. So it really depends on the, the, the dog that you have in front of you. Okay, our next question comes from Stephen. And Stephen writes, Hi, Victoria. I have a question about my dog, Puka. Puka has been with me for now five and a half years. I adopted him at the age of three. So now at the age of eight, we're heading into his senior years, as you've described in earlier episodes. With that in mind, I'm starting to see some behaviors that I'm not as fond of. He's barking more, he's staying up later at night, 
And I don't know, he just seems out of sorts. I've tried making his days busier, I've tried making sure that someone's with him during the day to check in on him, and still, he's acting odd. What do you think could be going on? Is it old age, or is it something else? Sincerely, Stephen and Puka. Okay, so I think that all dogs kind of chill out when they get to an advanced age. Eight years old, you know, is, is an advanced age to any dog. And so you're going to see behaviors crop up like maybe they're a little bit more ornery. Maybe they're a little, they start guarding things they never did. And I still handle that the way I would with a puppy that was letting those pro- behaviors crop up. I still address them. I don't let things just get out of control and hope that they're going to get better. A dog is not going to make a decision in the right direction unless they first know it's available and second are encouraged to make that decision. Um, you have to appeal to their greed to a certain uh, to, to a certain degree also, but you know, the relationship that I talk about is, is really crucial and you've already had that history. You know, five and a half years even though, you know, there were three that you weren't around, five and a half years is a really significant rapport. So if you're seeing, you know, Puka's being a little bit uh, more independent and perhaps not as cuddly, that's normal. Um, That said, you don't necessarily have to change how you would behave. You know, if a dog were growling at you, you would still address it accordingly. So, you know, if you're seeing anything aggressive, I I would say still address those issues. If he's just kind of taking five and isn't as interested in doing things or doesn't want to go on the walk at the end of the day that you used to take every day, that's normal. You know, he's going to kind of be in let's watch TV, Netflix and chill kind of mode versus let's go for a run. So, you know, understanding, and it sounds like you do understand where he is in life and, and being aware of that, uh, and not, you know, don't make the assumption that because you're seeing problems that there's a slew of other issues at play. Sometimes it's as simple as what you see. Um, you know, if you're not struggling in multiple areas and and the dog doesn't seem like their behavior is changing towards you then I wouldn't necessarily think there's a problem. Now, if there have been any incidents recently, that could have been a trigger that set it off and it's, it just could be similar timing. So, and that's a question you're going to have to ask yourself. That's not something I could answer for you. Um, but, you know, think, things that could cause a dog of an advanced age to be a little bit more ornery would be, you know, loud music, kids jumping around, running around the house. They don't like activity as they get older. They're just like older people, you know, they're like, stop running, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things where he could just be at a place where he's not interested anymore. He just doesn't want to be as involved and as engaged. Now, if you're seeing that he's rejecting food, water, isn't wanting to do anything that was normal, then I would actually call the vet in that situation. When you see a huge behavior change and a pattern change, um, I always look at medical first, you know, I first, I, well, I say first, I, I look at what, if anything has changed in the home in the past week, and if not, and I know that I'm not bringing anything that could be adding insult to injury here, then I kind of recoil and go, okay, and then we need to address what the bigger issue is. What is the bigger issue? Are you tired? Are you, do you need to decompress? Um, are you stressed? Is, is something happening on the property? You know, you have to pick apart the world that they live in and not make the assumption that just because he's old, you know, he's 
being a butthead. He could be all of a sudden, you know, in pain. He could have back pain. And all he needs is a chiropractic adjustment and he'll be good as new and right back to himself. Uh, when, when you see dogs rejecting food or their personality shifts with you, those are vet calls. Um, especially if it's, um, it seems like too violent of a change too quickly. I, I feel like your mom radar for all the mothers out there will click on in this sort of situation for, but for our male listeners, uh, I think that all, all of the clients I've had over the years, all of the male clients have been tuned in with their dogs enough to know when something was off, perhaps they couldn't pinpoint the exact moment that it occurred, but they knew, okay, well, it's been like three months or no, it's been two months. And here are the situations in which it's more, it, it, it's more, you know, things get more inflammatory. And essentially what I encourage you to do as an owner is get to know the individual dog that you have. And it sounds like, you know, that as he's matured, things have kind of slowed down a bit. If you're seeing behaviors that are coming out of the blue um, that's, that's when I would go ahead and, and call the vet just to make sure nothing else is going on, that he's not in any pain and that wherever you're working from with him at the, at this time, he's at a stable place. He can actually hear what you're saying. I never worked with a dog that I knew was in physical pain or I suspected had a medical con condition because it was unfair to the dog. Before you are in a physically stable place, you can't be in a mentally stable place because your body is running on overdrive. So I tried to be compassionate, and when I had suspicions that a client's dog had any sort of medical issue or something bigger could be going on, I always sent them for a panel to get a workup from the vet. Let's go see what's under the hood and make sure that there's no other issues, no other contributors, so that when we are dealing with this behavior, we aren't putting a Band-Aid on an exit wound. We're really fixing the problem. Okay, next email says, Hello, Dog Guru, your show has changed our lives. Oh. <laughs> Before you think this is just someone trying to get on air, I have a story for you. My daughter, who struggles with medical complications as a result of birth complications and a disability that has left her with few friends, <clears throat> listens to your show every week. Children are often unkind about her appearance, so she refrains from stepping out of her comfort zone. I thought last year, after much research, that perhaps a service dog would be able to help her with her condition and mitigate her illness, uh, and with her doctor's support, I pursued it. I brought it up to my daughter, and she shot me down right off, saying she didn't want to be, quote, different, that it was, quote, bad enough. All of my plans for this dog came to a grinding halt. I had actually gotten to the stages where I would even selected a puppy. As months continued on, I saw her become more and more withdrawn. And as a mother, that was draining me. On a Facebook group I belong to for moms, someone mentioned your show. I downloaded it, heard that you yourself has, have a service dog, and played it during dinner for my daughter and every day since. Not only did it change how she felt about having a dog to help mediate her condition and that it isn't weird, but she is even excited about the process and writes notes to her puppy in training now. I didn't have a question, really just a thank you. Your podcast and voice have found a friend in my daughter. If you could say anything to her, it would mean the world to her. Sincerely, the Berlissicas. Wow. Uh, that is a huge compliment to me, actually. Um, I'm going to share something with your daughter. When I first started this podcast, my main objective was to reach a whole world of people who needed help for their dogs. 
And my hope was that in the process of doing that, not only would dogs stay in the homes with the people that love them, but the owners that love them would feel like they had finally found a resource that they could afford. Because I know that what it's like to struggle, you know, financially like anyone else. And there were so many clients throughout the years I couldn't reach because of, you know, the financial barrier. I can't, I wasn't able with my time to cut my rate so deeply that I, I could work with everyone that I wanted to work with, unfortunately. And reading your email just now and hearing about your daughter, it really touches me in a way that makes this worth it. Because while I, I always have an animal's best interest at heart, I'm a mom too. And I know what it's like to have a disability and to struggle with a disability and feel like odd man out. To have people that don't understand your energy level, to have people that perhaps don't understand that because you don't have a collar around your neck or a back brace that there's something even wrong. Or perhaps they overstep and they ask too many questions. Um, so I just want to say to your daughter, it's very brave of you to go on this journey with your new puppy. And you should be excited about it. You should be super excited about it because that dog is going to not only be a companion for you and help you through days where you don't necessarily feel as accepted as you should because you are, but also for the things that you don't see coming. You know, sometimes our bodies do things that we don't have control over. And I really feel like it is a, an amazing gift that we have that we can work closely and have a relationship with these animals that can help us through our day and to have a normal life so that you can go to the store and have a great day with your mom and live the fullest life you possibly can. And there is nothing weird about that. You know, I, I've over the years struggled with being self-conscious myself and I understand that, you know, I know what it feels like to be called weird or to be called different or to be even in some cases not to have very many friends because I was sick and it's hard for people who are healthy to understand what it's like to be a sick kid. So I, I empathize and I sympathize with you on every level. And I just want you to know that anytime that you ever want to write in, you are more than welcome. I would be happy to be your pen pal. Um, you know, this show and, and people like you and stories like yours make all of this worth it for me. So I just want you to know that I'm now thanking you guys for taking the time out of your, your busy lives and what I know has been a chaotic and stressful situation um, to, to write in and, and let me know that you're enjoying it. And if you ever have any questions about your new puppy when you do get them, and you've, you know, gone through the program with your mom and you're starting to get uh, to the point where you're, you're taking the dog home, feel free to reach out. If you have any issues whatsoever, you know, the program that is training this dog, I'm sure will be heavily involved and supportive of the three of you. But if you ever feel like you need a friend or you just want to share some pictures of your amazing new service dog, I am I am waiting for them. So 
I hope you all have a good day and continue listening because I am truly blessed and honored that you do. Okay. Our last email comes from, oh, it's anonymous. Okay. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. Uh, It says, dear dog guru, I have a question. You've mentioned your dog Baldor, and I'm just curious. What sort of struggles have you run into since you've been a new pup parent? I heard your episode with Patricia McConnell, and you mentioned that there's a struggle even for the two of you, and that had me surprised. Is that really true? (laughs) Yes, it's true. (laughs) Let me finish reading. Uh, I'm curious because I'm wondering how someone with your level of experience could even run into problems in the first place. It would seem that you had everything started and figured from the beginning. Just asking your loyal fan, Claudia. Oh, I have fans. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yes, I do have struggles with my puppy, even right now. Um, So I I did kind of mention this. My puppy ingested some water from a flower pot, and he ended up with a bacterial infection, and we spent three months fighting it because he's a Newfoundland, so he's obsessed with water. They're a water breed, and if he sees a puddle... Uh, rain dropping onto the ground. I mean, anything. He's just obsessed with it. So we're working on things like obsession. Um, we're, we were quite a bit delayed in some of his training because, you know, when he had the bacterial infection, he started becoming, you know, more and more lethargic. So I couldn't expect him to handle training on the same level. And it definitely compromised his body. Like right now, um, he's almost five months old and I've never had a five month old dog that wasn't to the point where they were fully house trained when I started them. But in his case, his body is still physically recovering from all the damage that the bacteria did to his intestines, to his urinary tract. It was just a mess in there. So even though he's off his medicine and it's been about a month, uh, since he's needed it and we've got our routine down and he knows that, you know, if he relieves himself outside, he'll get a reward. He still has accidents every morning, every morning. So when I say to you that I understand what it's like to be a pet parent and have the struggles, I really, I really do. You know, it's not a matter of this being a problem of a routine or him not understanding that he has to go outside. It's just, he physically can't. Uh, yet for whatever reason, I think part of it, he might need to do some more physical maturing. I think that it's possible that his bladder is not able to hold it through the night, even though I let him out last time at like one in the morning. But you know, is that easy come the next morning? No, it's not because now I've got a dog that I have to give a bath to and, uh, blow dry. I mean, the struggle is real and I'm with you guys in it. it. It's a real thing that I, I, I deal with exactly what I have advised my clients on. There isn't anything that I've ever faced with a client that I haven't dealt with a client's dog in my own home, or I haven't dealt with in the field with either my own dog or, or another client dog, you know, in their home. So There's not a lot that goes past me. And even given all that experience and knowing that, you know, everybody in my household understands that they have to hold to this plan and they understand the training process and I've got everybody on board, his body still isn't on board yet. And I can't make a deal with his body. His body's just going to mature on its own. So I have to be patient. So, and most people, 
and I know this because I've had my moments, most people are sitting there going, well, why do you still have the dog or why are you still doing this? Because I know it's a stage because I know that during the day he opts to walk all the way to the door. He tries to make it outside, you know, or do we still have accidents occasionally when no one's watching him yet? We still can have accidents. Um, but generally he's making the effort to let me know he has to go out. Um, and then after he eats, he always alerts me that he has to go out. So that's one of our struggles. That's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, another thing that I've never really had with a dog that I've owned before, because I do start with them young, but this is something that came from one of the parent dogs, I suspect, uh, based on a conversation I had with the breeder. Uh, he has a really strong prey drive. And so we see that surface in things like he wants to eat bugs. He wants to go investigate cats. He wants to go chase cars down. I've never had a dog that chased cars ever in my life. I've worked with dogs that chase cars. I've never had a dog that chased cars. Um, so all of these things that are cropping up, keep in mind, I already knew the plan. I already knew what we were going to be working on. And the, though we were delayed on some of it, the standards were still the same and I'm still having struggles. So, you know, there's a reality check right there, which is even when you know everything to do and even when the dog is a willing participant, which he is, sometimes you still have struggles. Um, you know, as far as the car chasing and uh, his obsession on walks, I've tried refining that by working on a really strong heel, working on eye contact. Whenever cars are present, I always have him in a sit position, um, just the way I would if I saw a dog aggressing from a distance. You know, I always put a dog in a sit position. I want them in a controlled state of mind uh, where if I need to tell them to do something else, I know that they'll be able to respond in kind and without adding to their anxiety in the process. Do you like sci-fi, AI, and technology? Do you enjoy going on tangents and down random rabbit holes of a subject? Then join me and my friends each week on BrokeBot Mountain as some artificially intelligent people attempt to walk through a maze that explores themes of existence and free thought in sci-fi TV, movies, and books. The conversations are unique and bring an unusual perspective to the genre and can literally go anywhere. And we do mean anywhere. You can find us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com or look for BrokeBot Mountain on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Okay, and our last question comes from Amber. This actually comes from Dog Guru Hounds. If you're not a part of our group, you can find us on Facebook. You'll just search for Dog Guru Hounds, and you can find our Facebook group. Go ahead and request. We'll let you in, and that's a great place to share stories about your dogs. Go ahead and find our latest episodes are in there. Um, but, it, you know, whenever I have an episode coming up where we're going to be answering questions, I always let people know that we're closing out, so if they have have any questions, you can put them right there. You don't even have to send me an email. Just put them right in the thread. So just so you guys know that. Uh, so this question came from one of those threads, and it says, my puppy is about 21 weeks old. I got him when he was nine weeks. We've been using the crate and bell training him for potty alerts. He will go a few days ringing the bell every time for number one or two and just go outside to play. Uh, he used to only do it for number two. However, he'll then go a couple days without ringing the bell to go potty at all, and I have to go watch for signs that he needs to go. He seems to get it on those days. Uh, on the good days, uh, on the good days in bed, when he's distracted outside, I say go pee pee, or if I think he needs to go number two, I say go poop. 
and he will focus, at least briefly, on sniffing for his spot. Uh, We have other dogs, and I take him out by himself and wait for clear signs he doesn't have to go, laying down in the grass, or for him to go potty before I bring them out. Okay, so here's the good news and the bad news. It sounds like you're doing everything right, Um, except... Perhaps adding a treat every time he relieves himself outside so there's just that one more element of value. Um, I think by keeping the other dogs away while you're letting him out and trying to keep him focused, that's a great idea. The only other thing you could do in that situation is throw him on a leash if he's not on one. I don't know if he's just running in the yard or not. Um, And then walking him back and forth between kind of a boring space so that there's really nothing else to do or explore except to go to the bathroom. Uh, You could try that and marking whenever he does go. I think that the fact that it seems like he's getting it sometimes more than others, I let a dog out every time they ring the doorbell, even if it's to play. Because sooner or later, because sooner or later I'll get wise to their schedule and I won't need to let them out every time. Like if I see a dog ring a doorbell or I mean the dog bell and I know for sure that they don't have to go because either they've just relieved themselves or they haven't ingested anything or however I by routine or whatever, however I've established, I know they don't for sure need to go out. uh, Then I just ignore it. And then I'll keep an eye on them if I ignore it and I'll see if they go sniffing. And then if that's the case, I encourage them right before we go out to, like, nose the the bell just so that there is some sort of warning. And then I take them outside. So this way I'm saying to them, no, it's not just for playtime, ultimately. Uh, it's, it's for when you actually have to relieve yourself. But right now, I think you're asking a little too much. I think if you hear the bell, just let them out. Don't pick and choose yet. Um, you know... And, and start rewarding with a treat every time he relieves himself outside, and then maybe even further refining it on a leash might help. Give those things a shot. Um, so I just want to thank Amber really quickly for writing into our thread on Dog Guru. And like I've said before, if you would like to email me, it's you at gmail.com, or like I said, you can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Dog Guru Hounds, or you can find us on Ask, if you search for Ask Your Dog Guru, you'll find us that way. Just look for our logo. In the meantime, be sure to check out our merchandise. We have a store, so I always link that in the show notes, so definitely check that out. If you would like to donate to the show, you can do so at paypal.me forward slash your dog guru. I would certainly appreciate it. Any Every little bit helps. And by the way, we are going to be posting a poll for all of our listeners. So check out our group on Facebook because I would really like to know what you want our next episode to be about. And I've got a couple ideas in mind. So vote for your favorite. And that may be our next episode. Thanks so much, everybody. This has been Victoria, your dog guru. Namaste. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.